1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor
0: Sterling. I want to invite our attention on this morning to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll begin our reading of verse number 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. The word of the Lord reads as follows for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. On this morning, I want to look at this prophecy, if you will, of the coming Messiah, the one who is to come. I need to roll your minds back about 2,500 years or more and allow you to walk with me through the eyes of Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah is a prophet who has a responsibility primarily to Judah, two southern tribes of Israel, although his prophecy also includes messages to the northern tribes and to Gentiles as well. And even into a future millennial time, uh, we will see as well in his teachings. But what's happening in Israel's history during this time is Israel is foul. They're not obeying the laws of God. They're worshiping all kinds of idols. They have no respect for God, no integrity for God. Judah specifically has already watched their brothers in the north act crazy before God and watched Assyria come in and destroys them, assimilates them, spreads them about. They've already witnessed and watched and heard all the prophets that have come over and over and over again to tell them, turn back to God or judgment is coming. And now by the time we come here, Isaiah is declaring before the people of God, you need to turn back. Judgment is coming. God is going to bring strong judgment on the land. Isaiah prophesies of a time when it's dark, when things are going miserable and everything is horrible, and Isaiah prophesies to them to let them know all of this is coming and all of this is going on and things are terrible now, but they're only going to get worse. And in the middle of all that, while we're looking at all the things being horrible and things going to get worse, he drops a message in the midst of all of that of hope that says there is a little baby boy coming. I like that because to me one of the great prides of a father's life is when his son is born. And the pride is that you know now that there is a generation that will continue in your name. I don't know how young folks feel today, but I think that's the way it was when I grew up and that was my thought process, and I wanted a boy. Amen. I love my daughters. Don't get me wrong. They get all the favors from daddy, but I wanted a boy to carry on the sterling name. Isaiah prophesies about a baby boy who's going to carry on his father's name, this little boy. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, this baby boy, because as much as we see in this text, I want to differentiate this baby boy from any other baby boy. Isaiah prophesies of this baby boy who will change the world and change darkness to light. He tells us here in this text that this baby boy, first of all, was sent to us. The text says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Mm -hmm. And I asked the question as I read the text who is the us? Isaiah, are you only talking to Israel? Are you only talking to Judah? Are you only talking to Jews? But then I read on in the text and I found out that in Isaiah chapter 11, in Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah chapter 49, that Isaiah makes it very clear that I'm not just talking to Jews because Gentiles also will benefit from this baby boy being sent to the world. And in fact, if I can make it even more clear, that God did not just send this baby boy to the Jews, but he sent them to the Gentiles as well, to be a light, to be hope, to be salvation, to be their everything. So this baby boy was sent to us. The text says that unto us a child is born. Unto us, that is, he is born out of his world into our world. And then given to us, a son is given to us. I like that because it helps me to go beyond just the fact that this baby boy was born to us. In other words, it's like he was adopted. No, he wasn't adopted, but he was deliberately, intentionally by God given to us. This baby boy was given, as the text says, unto us. He was given as a gift. He is God's gift to us, this baby boy. And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because I want us to see that this baby boy was given and prophesied by Isaiah to be given unto us to resolve all the darkness that we have, to resolve all the issues that we were going through, to resolve all the issues of Israel, all the judgments that were coming on Israel. This baby boy was given as a gift to reconcile us to God. He was given. He was sent to us. And in Isaiah, as he's speaking this, he says, now this baby boy will be sent to you. Now, we're looking backwards on it, and we know he has been sent. But then on the other side, on the prophetic side, he still will be sent again because we're in the middle of him being sent and being sent again. But he sent to us as a gift, he sent to us, unto us, from out of his world, into our world, out of his kingdom, into our kingdom, from his throne to a humble abode in a manger, he was sent to us. And so he was sent to us, sent to Israel, in light of the fact that Israel, you're going to have Assyria come in, destroy the northern tribes Judah, Babylon's going to come in, take you into captivity. Seventy years, you'll be in captivity. Israel as a nation, for 400 years, God's not going to speak to you. And so you're going to have some dark days. And then after you come out of all that, Rome's going to be ruling over you. And you're still going to be oppressed, Israel. And so for all of those purposes and reasons, I'm going to send this baby boy to you. That's Israel. Now, but guess what? We've got some concerns, too, because in the light of the world that we live in, In light of all the horrendous things that are going on in our world, he also sent his son to us as a gift unto us. A son was given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful. Now, I want you to see something wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Isaiah transitions in his Presentation here of this baby boy who is being sent to us to say to us, He's not only being sent to you, but He's also being sent for you. How did I get that? Well, I got that because when we talk about and His name will be called. Now, for you and I, we just think, Oh, just name, name is a name is the name, and that's kind of how we treat it today. That's why we have all kinds of names. But in biblical times, your name was your function or your character. In the text, what Isaiah is saying, I will send him to you, but I'm also going to send him with a name or a function for you. Because Israel, you're in trouble. Israel, you're in dark times. Israel, God is coming to judge you. You're going to be going through hell and high water. Israel, you're going to need him. And so I'm not just going to send him to you, but I'm going to send him for you because nobody else can help you but him. This baby boy that I'm talking about. This baby boy named Jesus. I'm sending him for you and his name, his function shall be called Wonderful. The word wonderful means uh, something unusual. Of course, we use it to mean spectacular and and fabulous and all that other stuff, and all that's good as well. But I, I like the definition unusual because when I look at God sending his son, I realize that we needed something unusual. See, Israel was offering bulls and goats and lambs, but that wasn't enough. God needed to send something unusual. And so instead of sending bulls, goats, and lambs, he sent a shepherd to be the lamb. He sent someone who would shepherd the sheep but also give his life for the sheep. We needed something unusual. He didn't just send a prophet or a priest. No, he sent this baby boy who would be prophet, priest, and king. Nobody holds all three roles, but we needed something unusual. He sent this one for us, not as one who just knows what the end will be, but one who is the beginning and the end. The one who is Alpha and Omega. Not just one who can drink water, but one who can walk on water. He sent something and someone unusual. He didn't just send somebody who would be nailed to a cross, die, be buried, lay there in the grave for 2,000 years. No, he sent someone unusual, his son, that even after they crucify him, he'll be buried in a tomb and get up on the third day. That's unusual. We needed someone who could be God and man at the same time. We needed someone, something that could understand how it is to live as a man, but at the same time, what it's like to ex- be exalted as God and holy. We needed somebody in between, and so he sent this baby. Not only was his function wonderful, but also counselor. Counselor, we often think, persons that we go in their office, lay on a couch, we tell them our problems, and they give us an answer to our problem. But even though Jesus and this baby boy will be that, to you as well cuz you can tell him all about your troubles <laughs> and he'll hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by but this he was sent for us because Israel had a court date with God can I can I just talk to us too It wasn't just Israel that had a court date with God, but you and I had a court date with God because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity and the judgment on our life, according to Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin was death. So we were facing death. And so since God knew we had a life sentence and we didn't have a lawyer, and you know it ain't good to go to court without a lawyer. This baby boy, is sent to us and sent for us to be our lawyer, counselor. He's the one who's going to stand up in the throne room of God. And when God is sitting on the throne to judge, and even the demons and devils come to bring accusation, he's the one that's going to stand up as our lawyer and say, Oh, I already paid for that. My blood covered that. And in that final day is his blood that our name is written in, in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's our counselor. He's our in-between. He's our lawyer because of the death sentence that we were sentenced to because of our sin. So he's counselor. But not only is he wonderful counselor, he's also mighty God. This baby boy was sent to be mighty God. And I said he was sent to be for us mighty God. He already was mighty God. Watch this. But while he was mighty God, he was sent to us as a baby boy. See, we needed something unusual. We needed a God-man. And so God sent a God-man. He sent a baby boy who would also be mighty God. So even while he was being crucified, while he was subjecting himself to his creation at the same time, he was sitting on the throne being mighty God keeping the worlds moving and and the the planets spinning and the stars in the sky and still feeding the birds while they were whipping him and beating him and nailing him to a cross, he was still mighty God. God. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God. This word mighty gives the idea of a champion, one who will win and one who is always victorious. So he sent this baby boy to be our champion allow us to be victorious over sin. This baby boy. So he's everlasting father. He is a father who always will be our father. He's the everlasting father for two reasons. One, because he's everlasting God. That means he's always God. He's everlasting, meaning he's eternal. So he always will be eternal. So that part everlasting part of him always was even though he was born before he was born he was everlasting and when he was born he just paused himself being outside of time to step in time to be born so he could relate to us but he was still the eternal god but watch this in the context of this he is the everlasting father because the reason and the means by which you and i would be reborn would be through his blood he's going to give his Life and his blood so that we can have life. We've got a blood transfusion because of him, and so we live because he lives. So he'll always be the everlasting, but for us, he'll always be our everlasting father. This baby boy will be prince of peace because Israel has no peace. They have no peace with God because they're in sin. They're disobeying his laws. They're not keeping the covenant. They are worshiping other gods. And when you're in that condition, you can never have peace. Can I just be real? You can be a member of Kettering Baptist Church coming to church every Sunday, raising your hands, shouting, dancing, singing, serving in ministry, paying your tithes. But if you're living in sin, you have no peace. Because the peace that I'm talking about is peace with God. And when we're in sin, there is no peace with God. This baby boy will be the prince of peace. And as long as we're in him and walking with him, we'll have peace. Watch this. Even when we're going through a storm, even when life is falling apart, even when all hell breaks loose, guess what? We still have peace because he is the prince of peace. But when we're outside of him, there's no peace. He is sent for us to be our prince of peace. This baby boy not only came to us and not only came for us, but finally, the text says, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Finally, what I want to open up this text to share with you is that he will be sent to us, he will be sent for us, but he also will be sent to come to rule over us. This baby was sent to be our ruler. He wasn't just sent to rescue you from hell so that you can live how you want. No, he came to be our ruler, our reigning king. He came to take over government. Why? Because God had trusted rulership to man, and on every level, man failed. God Took Adam, formed him out of dirt and clay, gave him a woman, I mean a fine woman, called her Eve, everything. Matt, You got everything. You got all these animals. Adam, I gave you intelligence. He had a PhD and never went to school. He, He had everything. He was able to name all the animals, all the crickets, all the bugs, everything. Anybody who could name all that. Must be intelligent. He was able to do all of that. Matter of fact, God put him in the garden. Didn't even tell him to work. Just said tend to the garden. did he have to work. He had every, everything he needed. And look, you got, you got a whole garden. You got, you got all the animals under your subjection. And you got a fine woman. What more does a man need? I mean, he had it all. He said, look, just, just tend to the garden. I'm going to give you reign and rule over all this. And what does man do? Corrupts it. He corrupts the rule that God gave him. God said, I'm giving you rule and, and authority over all this. He says, even all the trees of the, tr- of the garden, you can eat you freely eat of all of them. Just don't eat this one. What does he do? He goes and corrupts government. He corrupts the rulership that God gave him. And ever since then, we keep on seeing the corruption of government. By the time we're here in Israel, the priests are acting crazy. Ahead, the prophets are prophesying lies to the people, telling them, God's not going to judge you everything's out of control everybody who's in leadership is doing whatever they want to do exploiting the poor taking advantage of the weak they're doing whatever they want and now guess what a whole lot haven't changed we still have corrupt government we still got things a mess we still need a reigning ruling God who will be superior and supreme we still need that this baby boy came to rule over us he came because we needed government set back in order and I don't. I, I, this is not a jab at any party or the other, but I will say if, I, if you look at what's going on on the political scene right now, we need him. We need this baby boy because right now it's just you got characters who want to be president, not just in America. But look across the world and you've got all kinds of people in leadership, government. Government is corrupt, it's foul, it's messed up. But this baby boy will set all the things in order. He's going to bear all the government on his shoulder. That's what the text says, right? Doesn't it say that? It says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Just He's such a big, big God. He's such a big baby that he'll put all the government on one shoulder. And guess what? And then it goes on to say, and of the increase of his governing. In other words, so his government's going to increase. What happens initially, God offered his government to to the Jews. The Jews rejected him. We don't want that. We don't want you. We want somebody to free us from Rome. We We ain't interested in freedom from sin. And so God said, now, well, whosoever will, let him come. He's opened up the doors to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles have accepted his governing rule. So all those who are born again are under the government of God. Watch this. And then there are some Jew and Gentile alike who have not accepted the governing rule of God. Because every time you present the gospel, what you're presenting is the governing rule of God. You're asking people to submit yourself under this baby's rulership. Nah, I'd rather hang out with Buddha. Nah, Muhammad is my dog. But guess what? The day is coming. When the expanse of his government is going to keep growing. When people will come to him, when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, he is Lord and he has the right to rule. He is the one that we set ourselves under. He is our governing God and King. And it's this little baby, it's Jesus that we accept. Every knee's coming to that, every tongue's coming to that. The government of him is going to grow and expand. And as his government grows, so does his peace. So when this baby boy comes into rule, There won't be any more hung juries. There won't be any more releasing the guilty and locking up the innocent. There won't be a need to cry out black lives matter because for him all lives matter. He died for every single one of the lives. He died to give us life He said I came to give you life And to give it to you more abundantly I didn't just come for black lives I didn't just come for Hebrew lives I didn't come for Jewish lives, white lives, Asian lives I came that all might be saved This baby boy He came to us He came for us But he came to rule over us But right now He's uh, unassuming He allows you the freedom to make the choice. Will you let him govern over you, over your life? That's the invitation to you. It's your choice right now. But I'm just warning you, after a while, there won't be a choice. You will accept it anyhow. Now, here's the deal. At the point in which you have rejected him, later on when you have to accept it, it'll be too late for you to enjoy his eternal presence. So at that point, you'll be in the lake of fire and brimstone, and it will be torment forever and ever. But that's your choice. But guess what? Even in the fire, you're still under his authority. So you you could be under his authority in heaven, or you could be under his authority in hell and in the lake of fire. So that's your choice. But his government will be supreme, and he will rule over everybody. And for those who are wondering, how is this going to happen? Why, why the text tells us even how it's going to happen. The zeal of the Lord, that is the passion of God. God's going to make this happen. Even though it might seem like, as we sit here and listen to it, and I'm sure for even the Israelites, as they listen to Isaiah prophesy this thing, it's like, oh, that ain't never going to happen. How is this going to happen? It's not going to happen by the might and strength of men, it's going to happen by the power and zeal of God. God will make it happen. And let me say it this way, whatever God says he's going to do, there ain't nothing that can stop him from doing what he's going to do. So if he said this baby boy is going to rule over everybody, that's the truth. And that's why when he got up from the grave, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Guess who's in charge? This baby boy.
1: Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.